Could you understand? I stand on this bima, on this holiest of days, this Sabbath of Sabbaths, and I turn to the words of the prophet Micah as my theme. God has shown us what is good and what the eternal requires of us, but to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. These simple words encapsulate the major themes of Jewish values. Values that can guide us as a spiritual light to show us a way forward as we live in a time darkened by manifestations of hubris, dishonesty, of injustice, hatred, and greed. We know that in this past year, at times, we've strayed from these values, sullied ourselves by acts of smallness and selfishness, of silence in the face of extremism, the sins of denial, acquiescence, and to return to living by these values, embracing tshuva, its personal holy work that we must do. And it's not to be done alone, but together. The individual inspired to personal transformation by the power of this beautiful community. For when we engage each other, we find inspiration to both change and be the change. There's a character in Jewish history who became a folkloric hero. I'm speaking of the prophet Elijah. You know, the one who comes to your house every Passover and drinks some of your wine. Wine that's gotten better these past few years. Well, the Talmud teaches us that Elijah is the one who will also announce the coming of the Messianic Age. And it warns us that at times Elijah might appear and test you to see if the time is right. It's for this reason I always wonder whether that person standing in front of me dressed in nice San Francisco casual or that struggling homeless person who's come into the shul asking for help might be Elijah challenging me, challenging you. Have we changed? Will we truly listen? Will we be of help? You know, the tradition does teach us to judge ourselves by how we treat others. Well, there's a story in the Talmud in which a rabbi recognizes that it really is Elijah that he's talking to. And so he has the chutzpah to then ask, So tell me, new, when will the Messiah come? You can find her yourself, the prophet replied. She's in the tenderloin right now, wrapping and unwrapping the bandages of the poor. And so the rabbi rushed to seek out that messianic presence. And when he found her helping the poor, as Elijah described, she told him she would come that very night. 
The rabbi ran home, dressed up, prepared a meal of celebration. But in the morning, when he woke up at the table and realized nothing had changed, he fell into great disappointment. Why did the Mashiach not come, he called out. Why did she lie to me, Elijah? And a prophetic presence responded. Didn't you hear? She said that she was coming today. If we will but hearken to her voice. If we will live by her values. Is the Talmudic story reminding us that we're the ones who have to stand over and against the desire to just fit in? To be liked? And in our questioning injustice, help bring on the messianic age? Questioning authority, it's a Jewish value. Our religious civilization doesn't shy away from challenging groupthink, from being that one holdout when the popular will is pointing in the wrong direction. Yes, we know that at times we can be irritating to others. You know that moment when you feel alone and realize that you're the Jew in the room? who's going to challenge and ask the uncomfortable question. But shouldn't we take pride in being an irritant for justice, an annoying advocate for societal mercy, a promoter of humility in a time of self-worship? For when we do so, we are firmly standing in our Jewish values. They teach us that we do answer, as the Hebrew National Company tried to remind us, to a higher authority. And we Jews never give up hope that change can come. Yom Kippur is really an optimistic holiday. It reminds us that we and humanity can always do better if we return to our values and work to bring on ourselves that messianic age. I think about courageously living your Jewish values Whenever I take the 10th grade on our religious school trip to New York City, I do it every year. We should plan an adult trip as well. You guys should go with me. But for now, pretend that we suddenly took a trip. Where are we? We're in southern Manhattan, where the primary symbols of democracy and capitalism stand just a few feet away from where the very first Jews entered this country in 1654. They were Sephardic Jewish refugees fleeing the impending Inquisition in Recife, Brazil. And the points we're standing by, their proximity is not coincidental. Each point reflects a touchstone of Jewish values. Look right there. We're right next to the Mount Everest of worldwide capitalism. What is it, everybody? The New York Stock Exchange. 51 years ago, two Jewish leaders of the Yippies, Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin, staged a Jewish values teaching moment when protesting greed and the funding of the Vietnam War, they shut it down with a bit of guerrilla theater they'd learned in San Francisco. These long-haired hippie leaders managed to join a tour of the exchange. 
And when Hoffman was stopped by the guard and said, who told him, no demonstrations here, hippie, he proclaimed, oh, you're not letting me in because I'm Jewish. I think the guard was Jewish. <laughs> and flustered, he let him go forward. So they got up to the visitor's gallery, open like this up here above us. And while the traders below were trading millions of dollars, they threw down $1 bills and bundles. And the traders jumped up. They stopped trading. They stopped the exchange to grab what was really $100. And they stopped moving millions. It was amazing. Two young Jews, children of the 50s, like so many other Jewish social activists of that time, found their voice in the 60s. Unafraid of anti-Semitism, unfettered by wanting to be liked, they joined Gloria Steinem, Bob Dylan, Goodman and Schwerner, and other members of the tribe on the front line for social change as they expressed their Jewish value of questioning authority when it's misguided, of challenging the idolatry of power, demanding the end of meaningless sacrifice of our soldiers. They protested to help change America as Jews, and they made a difference. And they can inspire us today to be proud to be the Jew who speaks out questioning endless war, the influence of greed in our society, or the concentration of government power that right now is attempting to limit a woman's right to choose in so many states in this country. That Jewish doctor in those Midwestern states, that's who it is. They stand up in their values. Let's move across the few feet to our next site. You with me? We're now standing near the harbor where those first Jews planning to make their home here. They stepped foot on the continent. The Dutch governor at the time, Peter Stuyvesant, was a real anti-Semite. He had a medieval vision for the future of this new world. He wanted to be a home only for Protestants. And he realized that if you let us in, you got to let everybody in. So he wrote a letter to his Dutch masters as he held us in temporary quarters. And he said, we've got to refuse these guys' entrance. This deceitful race, hateful enemies and blasphemers cannot be allowed to infect this colony. And he assumed they'd agree. What he didn't realize, as those Jews had, they were entrepreneurs, was that the world was changing. They were Sephardic Jews who had hidden their identity in Spanish-controlled Amsterdam only to come out of the Jewish closet, so to speak, when the Spanish lost control of Holland. Newly empowered by nascent capitalism, they would not be denied. They stood up for themselves. Another Jewish value. Hillel said, if I am not for myself, who am I? And they, too, wrote to the company headquarters in Amsterdam, demanding their rights. Well, the Dutch West India response was telling. They wrote back to Stuyvesant and agreed, not so nicely in so many words, that we are annoying. But they clarified to him that these same Jews also own a great number of shares in the company and had to be admitted 
Our American Jewish ancestors realized that the new capitalism was going to shatter medieval limits and enable us to exercise our economic power for the good. These first American Jewish settlers exemplify for us the Jewish value of pushing now for justice, unafraid to fight for our rights, to challenge bigotry on the right and on the left. These earliest Jews pushed open the door of American diversity. It's a door that we must keep open, not allowing anyone to push us or gays or any other minority back into the closet. We American Jews will not hide our pride because we're afraid of what they might think of us. We'll not be silenced as we stand up for our Jewish identity, for our right to be Zionists, nationalists, and for the rights of other minorities, like Muslims and Buddhists and Africans and Central and South Americans, people of color, to find refuge now in this country. It's why Rabbi Bauer and I demonstrated the airport last year. It's why Rabbi Mintz led congregants to the border a few months ago to protest child separation. We can't be silent. Ready for our last stop? It's the statue of George Washington, right next to the same place. It's pretty cool. Where he was sworn in as the first president of the United States and where the first Congress met. The Jewish community of Rhode Island at the time sent him a letter. They wanted to ensure, now that you have power, that you'll really respect freedom of religion. And so they wrote him a letter and demanded freedom of religion for all. And Washington, God bless them, replied using their words, instilling this value into the fabric of the new country. We shall give to bigotry no sanction, he said, persecution no assistance. Now we know today that those were still aspirational words. But Jews spoke then from their values for freedom for all, freedom for Torah, freedom for thought. We demanded that even the president Abide by the values, humbly, of the country. At this point, I take the kids for pizza in Times Square. I can't do that with you right now. But let's come back to Yom Kippur here in the shul. Here we have a Torah of values that's always inspired us, both in times of blessing and in times of challenge. And these values must drive us forward today towards hope just as they drove Jewish generations of the past. To our ancestors, the prophet Isaiah said, Listen to me, you who pursue justice. Look to the rock you're hewn from. Rouse yourself, awake, awake, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Loose the bonds from your neck, for you shall be established through righteousness. And so let us not be afraid, even as we ourselves stand on different sides of the political aisle, to do what Jews have always done, pursuing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God. Let us work to protect civil liberties, for do we not know what it was like when the gates of refuge were closed to us? When our children were separated from their parents, when universities limited our admission, 
when employers had Jewish glass ceilings. Your rabbis and cantors need to speak from our Jewish values against such behavior. To be in coalition with others as we stand against racism and discrimination, homophobia and sexism, and work to end poverty, the marginalization of the mentally ill, and the pollution and possible death of this planet. And we need you to support the work of our Tzedek Council as they engage the issue of homelessness in this city. Our black Jewish unity group, as they work not just for equal rights, but equal life for all. Our Israel Action Committee, that's not afraid to present multiple perspectives and engage in dialogue, but stands up proudly for Zionism. And our partner institutions that are so important to us, like the JFCS, the JCRC and Federation, ADL and HIAS, the Reform Movement's Religious Action Center nationally and locally, when together we take stands that uphold the values of our tradition that know no political party. It's an ongoing effort to work to express our Jewish values while valuing our Judaism. We have to be tireless in our work to heal the world, showing up and being involved in civic and religious expressions of community. For Judaism is not about living virtually, but with your heart and your soul engaged in real life concerns. Yes, we believe that God needs us to pursue justice with passion, to love mercy with all our hearts, and walk humbly, knowing that life is not about popularity, personal celebrity, or what we've achieved or gained, for all that is temporary. Yom Kippur reminds us that the day is short, the work is ongoing, and the master of the house the higher presence we acknowledge is waiting for us to be Elijah and keep trying to bring on that messianic age, never losing our Jewish sense of hope, inspired always by these values our people hold so dear. Gamar Hatimatova, Kudyantas.